tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey guys, welcome into this week's episode of the Penny Dreadful After Show right here on AfterBuzz TV, YouTube and iTunes, and of course AfterBuzzTV.com. We are streaming live. I'm Bobby DeMiro, Marissa Serafini, Sarah Stretton, Roxy Stryer, the regular crew is back. Uh, thanks to Allison Dean for filling in for, I think, every single one of us the last couple weeks, except for you. Um, <laughs> we're talking about evil spirits in heavenly places tonight. Ladies, hello. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Hello. Bringing back the memories of us. Hi, Bobby. Welcome That's- back. I'm so glad you could join. I'm so glad you're polite. Thanks. I'm so scared. We've already started. All right. Great. Uh, We've got a lot to talk about today. As we do it, remember, we are live streaming. Actually, every show on AfterBuzz is live streamed now. So we are live streaming this tonight. So if you're watching on YouTube as it's going, you can comment with us. Marissa is on her computer commenting back, saying hello to everybody. So if you've got something to say, hit the comment box, say it. We'll, you know, share it on the air if it's good. Or if it's a nice thing about me, please share those. Or all of us. No, just me. Just me. (laughs) Ha 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 ha! be like, "Hi, Roxy. Do you want to talk about the show?" Yeah. Well, I, I honestly, I love the show. I'm a big fan, so I would like to talk about it. I'm glad you two are so nice today. Let's get into it. <laughs> Team Stormstar. <laughs> oh. uh, okay, we got a lot to talk about today. A lot to talk about today. Let's start with Vanessa because we always seem to start with Vanessa. Which one is that? Uh, she's like one of the main characters. She's got brown hair. Oh, oh okay, I got yeah, it. She yeah. so she didn't cut her hair off and dye it blonde. She's not that girl. She's not that girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's the uh, she's the other girl. Oh, yeah. the normal one. She's the normal one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we call her. Definitely. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about these nightcomers, witches, whatever, uh, moving through walls, doing all these things. Um. What do we make of Vanessa right now? She's They're coming for her. We know Madame Kelly's people are coming for Vanessa. Evelyn Poole's people mm-hmm. are coming for her. I just kind of wanted to start at the top with Vanessa where she's telling the story to what we thought was Ethan. And then we, I guess, pan out. And she's talking to Sembene. She's talking to Malcolm. She's talking to Ethan. The story that we heard last week, she's told... Um, she had told nobody, and now she told everybody about yeah. the nightcomers. Well, and- I think it's good that she told everyone, so not everyone knows is cut up to speed and is now on her side protecting her. That didn't flip me out at all. No. What happened? She was talking to Ethan, then was Ethan like, yo, buddies, come in here? Or It, it seemed there was, a, there was a line put in there that Vanessa said more, that was quote-unquote, or... She said, too, that Ethan had advised her telling the rest of them. Got it. So I took it as she told Ethan, and Ethan was like, and then Vanessa, he said, you need to tell everybody. The person who I found it most interesting was hearing this information was actually Mr. Lyle. Because we know that he has a connection to Mrs. Poole and, and the witches. But my question was, how much did he actually know about them? 
Like, what did he know their ex- the extent of their powers or how old they were or how long they've been at this was doing? Like, how much information does he have privy to? And is the information that he just heard from Vanessa going to sway his loyalties at all? Mm-hmm. Would we assume the information that he just heard is the exact same story we heard last week? Or do we think only Ethan knows the complete details and they just know a summary? I would assume they I think know the everything. whole story. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. But also, it's also with, like, what Lyle now knows about Finesse and how she's connected to these witches. He can also relay that back to the actual witches themselves. This is how much Vanessa knows. This is what she doesn't know. So this is also a way to attack her and some way to mm-hmm. sneak up on her because she doesn't know X, Y, and Z. Also the book, if she had mentioned this book, if yeah. Lyle knows that, what side he uses this for. He's obviously uh, knows a lot about ancient history. In this book, I feel like to someone like that would be very important. Right. The, the thing that was interesting to me, though, in the story we heard, we actually got to hear the cut wife say Lucifer did not fall alone. But I guess in the story that they heard, they didn't hear that part because she later on announces that in the episode. So I am still hesitant to believe that she has completely exposed the entire story to them. Only because she hasn't in the past, too, right? right? She has a track record of holding things back. Absolutely. They all kind of do. Right. So I don't think that they know everything that we know, which makes us, as we call in Boston, wicked smart. (laughs) It would also make me kind of confused, though, because if we, in a couple episodes... If she comes out and and then is like, oh, and this and this and this and this and does go through a list, then I'll wonder what she has told them. And I kind of want to be on the same page as our characters so I can better understand what they're doing. So when she did eventually say to them, he, uh, Cutwife told me Lucifer did not fall alone, you think she was just reminding them she'd already told them that part of the story? Or something along those lines. I think that I, I'm guessing she probably went through at least the big details. I'm going to assume they know all the main events. Maybe mm-hmm. not like the her last words or including the box. I think it would be major events. So the witches came. That stuff about Cutwife Joan about how Vanessa learned about her relationship with the language. Um, The outline of everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird that she's not telling everybody from the simplest, most human sense in that she's now having them be a part of her problem, right? I mean, they're Mm -hmm. coming after her. Kali told Hecate in a meeting today, I don't care what you do with the others. Vanessa's the Mm -hmm. one that I want, which to me means, well, the others are going to die, right? I mean, there's not. So she has all these, you know, people and whatever Ethan is. She has all these people around her. Who are are kind of at her mercy? Yes. Also, whatever Semene is. That's exactly well, that's what true. I was yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> but we'll 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 see. We'll, we'll debate 100%. that. Um, but she's got all these people around her at her mercy. And as far as they know, Ferdinand Lyle is not a double agent. They don't know that he's doing whatever mm-hmm. with Cully. So it would seem to me that Vanessa, as caring as she can be at times, and as human as she can be at times, why would you not tell them everything you know because their lives are at stake and they're helping you? I would add to that as another thing she's also in my opinion not helping them with is as they're dissecting this puzzle they ask her for her information and we know that she is a very uh, experienced woman who has a connection to this language I don't understand why she's not looking into the words why she's not helping solve the puzzle right and also well she does say 
here and there, and even in the first episode when we were mm-hmm. introduced to the demon language versus Diablos, that it's an old dead language to her. It came instinctively, so it's not something that she knows by heart. But it is something she practiced learning when she was with the cut wife. Mm-hmm. Right. My- do you think it was, sorry, do, do you think it was more written or language just passed down by word? Because every time she was with Cutwife speaking the language, it was all verbal. There was nothing written. I think that there is some stuff written, which is what Lyle was referring to uh, in the box. It's the Arabic, Latin, and I think verbis diablo. So I'm not saying everything's written. I think it's mostly verbal. But it has been written before. My question would be, when when we look at Ethan, he was so quick to realize that Hecate was not what she said she was. How is he being so blindsided by Lyle? He has this incredible sense of smell. He's our wolf. And he just seems to read people well. Vanessa does also. A lot of these characters read people. Nobody's questioning Lyle? I I think... Same mind. Oh, yeah, girl. I'll, I'll go a step further on Lyle and why I think they're not questioning him. A, Hecate is not a human. So maybe there's that smell thing is a different thing with him with Hecate. But B, mm. and as far as we know, Lyle is. But B... I don't believe Lyle is actually on Madame Kelly's team, and I don't think he's a good double agent. I think he's going to flip. I'll use one of my predictions right now to open it in the discussion. I think he's a person who is sensitive enough, whatever you want. He's got enough of a heart that he is going to flip back to Vanessa's team. Even if that's yeah. not the case, he was tried. He was almost killed tonight. Yeah. So he knows now they don't care about him at all. Exactly. They're sending mm-hmm. these witches out after him. Whether he has a good heart is kind of irrelevant at this point. He, there's only one side he can pick. They kill, no, no, almost no, no, killed no, but him Before tonight. he was killed, when you're asking why Ethan can't read him, I think that's why. I think Ethan reads him as a pure heart or whatever. Maybe that's not the right word. Oh. But Ethan reads him as a guy on our team. Even if he can't see the double agent thing and maybe he could or should, he reads him as Lyle is not a threat to us. He's on this side. And I would also just point out that on top of the fact that he almost got killed, he did try and defend himself against them with with their cross, with the some sort of Latin prayer or mm-hmm. whatnot, which would, if I was on the witches team, make me like be like, we can't trust him anymore. We need to expose him or destroy him. Uh, so I definitely think he's, unless he can come to the witches with some sort of apologetic gift for them. Concrete. More than yeah. apology. It's got to be know. something concrete. Something more on the team. Vanessa. Vanessa yeah. or Vanessa's weakness yeah. or some way to, get to bring to them Vanessa. down. Because they don't respect him and they said as much in a scene without him. You know, Hecate and mm-hmm. Lyle, or Hecate and uh, Kali said as much without him. I had a really, really big issue with that scene. I was confused. When this, I made us rewind it because I don't mm-hmm. understand. Hecate comes to Madame and she says um, whatever, she hisses at her after all of that. Beforehand, they were talking about the fact that she couldn't get Ethan to believe her. Then she hisses. Then Madame comes back at her and says, you overstepped. And she says, I don't trust that Lyle guy. We weren't even talking about him. What? That think, was the I, weirdest placement. Yeah, I think it was more so that Hecate uh, also, or Evelyn was telling Hecate, I'm not trusting you right now because you've let me down. And then I think that was just more so the same similarities between Lyle's like, I don't trust Lyle either, and I'm not really trusting you because you just failed me. I, I felt like it was like, you're mad at me, let me kind of diverge this onto something or put you make you mad at somebody else it was weird the placement was weird i sarah said this to try to make me feel better i think maybe they cut something 
maybe there was a scene cut or a line cut because I thought that this was the weirdest placement. We weren't talking about that. I I thought it was a little off. I think that maybe they I do think maybe they could align. I think overall we're supposed to get from this scene is that it's their strategy that they are not connected at the end when she pulls away and when um Mrs. Poole goes out of the room. Hecate is left standing in the middle of, like, the fireplace in a wide frame, kind of looking more triumphant instead of defeated. And to me, it raised the question of the chain of command, if she could ever use, like, that was the hiss to incite to me that they do have differences in opinion, and that could incite further, you know, action or confrontation between the two of them. Did you find that to be opinion? Because to me, when she hissed, it was like a visceral reaction. And I didn't know whether that was the devil going directly through her or whether that was opinion-based or what exactly was that snake-like thing. I also thought it was a visceral reaction. And I thought it indicates to us what we kind of already know about Hecate, that that. There's never any, you know, good versus evil, just two enemy or, you know, two adversaries here. There's always little sub-adversaries within, and Hecate versus Madame Kali is going to be a sub-story, I'm sure. Right. Where they're going to fight for power or legitimacy, or you're going to see the witches spin off of Madame Kali, or whatever that means. That, that, her trying to usurp Madame Kali's plan and saying, look, I don't trust Ferdinand Lyle, is not her talking about Ferdinand Lyle as much as it's her saying... I'm not buying your plan. You know, hmm. I'm not buying you. And like, I don't trust anybody. Yeah. You may be my daughter, but I still don't trust you. You can either. you can criticize me, Madame, for me screwing up or whatever. But this is actually I'm I'm carrying out your orders. It doesn't work. I don't trust you. And Lyle was just maybe the name that she used. Huh. I see. I feel like she at this point really does trust her mother and is following her and didn't mean to hiss at her. I think she was embarrassed and regretful immediately. Uh, But I I like where you're going with it in the future. I could see that kind of confrontation. It will be interesting because as of now, I'm thinking of them as one entity, and they're not. They're two separate entities. Yeah. I just want to throw this out there, so I want to see if we're on the same page. Because we're talking just about a lot of words get thrown around this between the wishes. Uh, Sister, daughter... Um, their actual relationship to one another. Mm-hmm. Is it that they're all sisters as soon as they join the coven together and then they refer to daughter is more of like a station than a direct bloodline? Talking to people who do Salem. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, that's, that's kind of the impression that I get too, that this is a eternal bond. This isn't something, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to join a you know, sorority and be in it for the rest of our lives. This is eternal down the road. They become... Yeah, I also think Hecate and Evelyn are actually daughters because we don't see Evelyn say daughter to any of the other girls. So I think they have an actual maternal daughter relationship. And then for the covens that, you know, it's kind of like sororities in a way. You call each other sisters. So, like, there's a sisterhood there. I believe she called all of them daughters the first time she walked into the room and they all called her mother. So I, I think that they all are considered daughters. Uh, but it is interesting. I don't know if any of them are blood-linked, but if Vanessa does become, or they want her to become this woman, wouldn't Vanessa be mother? And then what would Evelyn be? Or would she not be mother? And how is she going, I'm not going to be okay being cast aside like that. What would the chain of command be? It's always is funny to me that it's kind of, 
their main mission. It's always these women, whether it is Evelyn Poole or whether it's these other witches, it's these women trying to get what we're taking to be the wife slash mate of the devil. Mm-hmm. But they seem to love the devil and want to be his servants in any means, shape, or form. And they just seek his approval rather than his courtship. Which makes me wonder, at some point, one of them has to be interested in him. That's just how women work. I know that sounds so basic, but at some point, whether it is Evelyn or one of the daughters, somebody's going to be jealous of Vanessa's place in this. Wouldn't they all want to be the devil's wife? Unless it's a bigger prophecy, because we we did get that something, this message was something about the future, and we do need to know that maybe in, in the devil taking a wife, it brings on greater prosperity for all of these people who worship him. Like, maybe it is letting the devil to, if he gets his wife, he'll be able to arise and have a more prominent role in the physical world. And these people will be rewarded as such. Makes Something sense. Interesting. Like mm. Interesting. Okay. We haven't gotten that far in the series. And, <laughs> I mean, we only have, what, a couple episodes left? Yeah. We're about halfway now. I think we have five left. For I think season. so. Yeah. I'm not sure. Interesting. The witch thing is kind of a... I mean, we've seen it for a few episodes now, but it's a little bit of a left turn from certainly where we were in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they, I guess, flesh out those rules. My issue with this show and any supernatural show, in a way, is I hope that there are enough human characters that remain. Because when you take too many supernatural characters, Ethan's, Vanessa's, whatever she's got going on, the witches, you know, Sembene, whoever. Everybody everybody becomes kind of supernatural, and we need more victors. We need more Ferdinand Lyles, who appears to be just a mortal human. You have Sir Malcolm. We do have Sir Malcolm. We need him. We need people like that, and we can't have too many supernatural people be added to this, because when you have too much supernatural, you lose the rules. You lose the rules of the natural world, and you can Mm -hmm. almost write whatever you want. It gets dangerous. Do you consider... Um, do you consider, I guess we should call him Mr. Clyde now? Um, Mr. Claire. 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 Oh, that's what I meant to say. Thank you. And Brona. Or Lily. I don't know what to call these people. That's tough. That's a good question. Do you consider them super... Thank you. Do you consider them... By just the definition of supernatural? Absolutely. They're undead. Although they have more human traits than a lot of the humans on (laughs) the show. Right. You know, they're certainly more human at times than Vanessa. Going back to our gang for a second, though, because before we go off this, I wanted to talk more about the puzzle that we're solving. Mm -hmm. Do we think that this is legitimately the autobiographical story of the devil? Do we think that the witches have set this up some way and that Lyle is a part of that? What is true and what is false right now in terms of the puzzle? See, and this is what also made me think, like, okay, we hear it is the autobiography of the devil but i don't think it's the devil himself i think it was the the other angels that fell with him who are writing the story right because about say, the devil they say us so it has yeah, to us. be some of the fallen people um i to answer your question over what i think is true i think the whole story that they are reading on that table as of now is true because of the line we heard last episode, I think it was, that she wants Vanessa to follow the breadcrumbs. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do believe in that. I do, 
I I need some truth in this story because I don't want to be. I think we get fooled a lot, and I need something to connect to. And I'm I'm like this line of truth. So we would have to assume that eventually this story will lead Vanessa to the devil. Or needing more answers or the final piece? Or? If they have this story in play, then why, at the end of this, before they've solved the puzzle, do the witches come to kill everybody? I don't think they came to kill everybody. I think they came to grab her hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I think that too, but maybe at everybody's expense, like we talked about earlier. they said She said, I don't care what happens with them. If she wants Vanessa to solve this puzzle, she should care what happens with her gang right now because they are going to solve the puzzle. Apparently, Vanessa isn't much of a puzzle solver. Well, I, the thing is, was the puzzle completed tonight? No. No. And the other thing is, I don't think they got what they came for without anyone making a strong enough stance that they needed to kill them. No one, I think that if they couldn't get the hair from Vanessa, like if someone had gone in and tried to stand in the way of that, or gotten between them and Vanessa's hair, then they would have killed them. But they got what they needed without anyone really, really stopping them. We got a tweet, I don't remember from who, but saying, why didn't the witches just take the brush? Why'd they have to just pull the hair? Amen, I don't know. It's way more gruesome to pull it off her head. Uh, Just take the hairbrush and run. Also, if they can, like, make themselves <laughs> chameleons all the time, mm-hmm. I feel like they could have accomplished a lot more by now. Yeah. I, I gotta okay. say, that's my problem number two with the episode. And and also, Bobby and I, we watched together, because um, we also talked about, we saw the open window and how they entered, and then how they left, they left through the door. But we saw from last episode, even when... Vanessa was learning all the witchcraft and whatnot. That house that she was in, that was secluded, was protected by witches. Like, no evil spirits could come through that only humans. Why can't Vanessa do the same thing with that house? Why put protection spells on it? Right. Yeah. I don't think she knows how yet. I think that she might be able to, if she goes back to the old house, take the stones that we're protecting or whatnot. I don't think she knows how. Uh, She should learn. My problem wasn't necessarily with the fact that they came in. I found it visually not, not aesthetically pleasing, honestly. I, it looked like a comic book series to me with these people, the outline of them. When they finally were what we've seen them as in the past, naked and all of that, I thought that it looked great. But when we just saw them, kind of their outline on the wall, uh, that was my first visual choice on this show that I haven't liked because I think this show is beautiful. For something about it, I just didn't like well, you it. You didn't like the sex scene last season. What sex scene? With Dorian and Vanessa, when the the faces she's talking together. about the oh, but you said yeah, that yeah, wasn't yeah. aesthetically pleasing yeah, last year. That's so. actually true. When they go, she so went in slow second, motion. Yeah. yeah, this is your second time you didn't like it yeah. aesthetically. Yeah, mm. good point. Wow, way to remember that. No, honestly, I usually love it. Um, I didn't like that choice, and I didn't like this choice. I think it was more so just we we heard the line they're chameleons and leaves. So I think it was just really the physical, literal, tra- visual translation of them being chameleons. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't thrown off by what it looked like. I understand the purpose of it. My my question was more of like, why have we not seen this in play earlier? Like when they attacked the carriage out of nowhere. Like I feel like hiding and being the fly on the wall is a very valuable asset that we would have seen before this. Maybe we have. Maybe we just right. haven't known. My question is, how many forms can they take? Because they can take the human form. They can take their their true nature form when they're all 
Skydive. And, and yeah, with their markings. And then they can be chameleons. So how, how many other forms can they take? Well, you, if you can be chameleons, couldn't you take any form? That's exactly yeah. what I was going to yeah. say. Uh, my, so and, they can be anything. I'll pile on with you guys. My question with this specific scene was Ethan, who can trust his senses so well with Hecate at the coffee shop or wherever and has these other kind of extrasensory things at points, he stops twice in that hallway and keeps moving. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And, and the second time he did it, we were like, dude, trust your gut. Yeah. Just trust yeah. your gut. But then she came from behind him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, wait a second, how how good are his senses? Maybe there's different powers going on, and I respect he's not going to get it right every time, but it was like, <laughs> this guy should have, the first time he stopped, he should have immediately, on the level of awareness that he's on, and alertness that he's on, he should have been like, Something's weird. Something's, something's wrong. Vanessa, mm-hmm. you could feel, sensed it too. Well, that's when I wanted him to, even if he didn't know what was going on, just yell up, Vanessa, you okay? <laughs> Checking in. Yeah. Like, that. that's when you need the intercom or whatnot. Okay. Or just or just never leave her alone again. I mean, that's... Yeah, I know Seriously. it sounds weird, but, you know... She should have an escort to the bedroom. Now right. it's a moot point because they got her hair. And Sembene was watching her earlier. Sembene, where are you watching now? Apparently you're watching right. Ethan. What a deck that was, by the way. He should honestly play tackle. That was amazing. Like, go some Bene. He's a lion. I'm I'm really glad he didn't die. I was convinced he was going to die this episode. Because he had so many lines. Exactly. He kept talking. He revealed a little bit of his past. They were cutting this beautiful cake that he made. I was just like, he's going to die. He's going to die over cake. (laughs) Quite a loss. I hope not. I love his character. I know nothing about him. I love him. We need to learn a little we bit more about him. need to know him. more. Yeah. yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. After a season and a half, I'm ready. Do you think that comes from the fans? I feel like people have become more and more on board with him. And I feel like it was like a, okay, maybe we should give him more storyline because people like him so much. I think he's a character that he's so mysterious now. We'll learn all about him when absolutely needed. Hmm. I, I think that, that writers do that all the time, and I think they should. Fans speak up. They keep characters longer. Uh, all of the time. So, honestly, maybe. I think they probably had a bigger plan from him from the start because he has been so mysterious and he is part of their gang and he's the only one part of our gang that we don't know that much about. Uh, But maybe. I think, too, he's their wild card and every show, I'm sure, is written differently, is set up differently. But who's to say that they don't have him there and say, if we keep Simbene around and we show him just enough and we pique your curiosity like what's happening to us, a season from now, two seasons from now, we can decide what we want to do with him. Maybe mm. he's this double agent who's evil. Maybe he's the guy who's going to rescue everybody. Maybe we'll just decide we don't like him and we kill him off. But it's that flexibility. You have Vanessa. You're stuck with Vanessa. If Vanessa were to die, we'd kind of look at the show and be like, well, where the hell do you go from here? If Ethan show dies, over. what do you do? But with Sembene, you can sort of play both sides against the middle. And maybe it's, maybe the conversations in the writer's room today about him are going to be very, very different than a year from now because they haven't mm-hmm. created his story arc. That's the cool thing. I, I will say. He's and expendable. I, I know you were just giving a bunch of examples, but I think there's no way that he's playing for a different team. I think he is Oh, sure. Team. But no, that's no, my no. point is, is maybe a season or two from now, they decide something different with mm-hmm. somebody like that. Because every other character has had so much exposition, is in so much of a realm. You'd have to do a lot of work to say, oh, so-and-so is a double agent, whatever. Yeah. But with somebody like Simbene, who's a virtual unknown, you can take him any direction. And we'll watch it, mm-hmm. knowing how well they do these things. We'll watch it and say... 
I buy it. I like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm with it. Whatever the direction is. I think the thing with Sunbidding, because we know he has deep loyalty and connections to Sir Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he's a character who's just in way too deep. He knows so much information. He can't leave. Yeah. The one thing we kind of know about him from last season, when he has that conversation with Ethan in the hallway, Ethan says... Sir Malcolm saved your life, didn't he? You owe him your life. And so mm-hmm. Benny doesn't confirm nor deny it. But that's what our assumption is at this point. We would have to assume somewhere in Africa, he his life was saved. And then he was brought home to London. That That's pretty much all we got. And then two things today when they're cleaning dishes, both things in there, you know, were you a hunter? That was part of what I did. What was the other part? Whatever we said, not important. Yeah. Private. 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 Um, and the other one was, and even more subtly, was the my keep. When Ethan was washing his dish, he said, I got to earn my keep. And somebody goes, that's my keep. Yeah. Implying almost not only, oh, I'm, I'm trying to keep my job, but like he owed Malcolm. Yes. Like and also, Malcolm don't take my spot. Yeah. <laughs> This is what I do. Oh, I didn't get the th- I didn't get a threat from Sambeni to Ethan on I that. I did a little bit. Really? A little bit of I'm peeing on my tree here. No, that's my keep. I got it more as it was just a subtle show to the audience that Sambeni feels indebted, whether or not he is, to Sir Malcolm. And obviously, there's a reason. And hopefully we find out what the reason is. We will. I uh, believe. <laughs> let's uh let me see. Who do we want to move on to? Let's talk a little bit about uh, Lily and Victor and the dress because we've talked a little bit about Vanessa obviously and then Victor asking her you know to come with him to an appointment we find the appointment is a dress or dress shopping um, what do we make of the Lily Victor thing and how awkward is it that Victor wants Vanessa to meet Brona to meet Lily who Vanessa has already met that's yeah. going to be an interesting thing she is going to recognize her 100 yep. percent. it's will go going crazy to if she doesn't if yeah. she goes and she doesn't i will i will actually have a huge problem with this remember show. the problem that i had last week about vanessa not recognizing madame well if she does not recognize brona i'm throw like drop my leave room kind of thing they'll not be doing an after show that week that that's outrageous yes she dyed her hair and she cut it off and she walks a little differently the way Victor described it, she's cosmetically changed. No. No. Did you give her a nose job? No. Did you... Are her cheekbones different? Come on. She looks exactly the same. What are you mm-hmm. thinking, Victor? You're a brilliant scientist. But he doesn't know. I don't believe he knows Vanessa has knows met Brona. Brona. Oh, he's doing this because she's the one who wouldn't have met Brona. Like, he wouldn't have said to Ethan, I want you to get lunch with me and my cousin. Exactly. I think yeah. as far as he knows, that thing at the theater... She met Brona at the theater, Yeah, right? they all met at the Grand Gunal. Yeah. Hmm. I, and Victor was the only person there, or only person who wasn't there then. Yeah. But you don't think that Vanessa came home and was like, "Ooh, I met, I met Ethan's girlfriend." Yeah, I don't yeah, think. Does that no, sound like Vanessa's like that? that. Um, I take it back. It was really fun to see her do a scene that what she was allowed to have fun in. Yeah, talking yeah. about the dress shop, like where she was. It was like played from awkward to playful, where. We did get to see the appealing side of yeah. Vanessa Ives. And she actually laughed. She did. I don't think we ever saw her character really genuinely chuckle. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, I completely forgot to ask you this, Bobby, at the top of the episode, but I wanted to get your opinion on last week in Vanessa overall, because the previous week you had said, I don't think I could do this serious Vanessa tone for 45 minutes. Tonight we got a little laughter out of Vanessa, but last week, none of that. 
I, I, I prefer the scene tonight. Mm-hmm. And we can't keep doing the scene tonight because that's not Vanessa and that's not the show. Right. But I think you need to let her do things like that and let Eva Green show her range, not from a career perspective or anything, but just because it keeps the show light for the same reason that you need mortal humans to keep the show grounded. Right. If you get on one you know, formulaic path too much, it becomes a chore to watch it because you can predict it too easily. And if we have Vanessa, you know, have more fun or at least be lighter, we at least get to see the human side of her. And maybe in a weird way, we get to identify with her better, Mm -hmm. right? Because we identify with her being cutesy with, with Victor as opposed to just identifying with her as the victim who's being hunted down by these witches and stuff. There's a different angle to her character. I thought it was ironic that she said they made a point to say that Vanessa doesn't wear white. When I was like, we see Vanessa wear white all the time. I mean, it's normally when she has either just bathed or is about to go to sleep. Or but, is in uh, her insane asylum well, thing. She's in the, Vanessa's usually in the comforts of her, her own home. Mm-hmm. I don't think Victor, his character himself, has actually seen Vanessa in That's white. Right. Yeah. Speaking about her character and things that I thought were odd is how little she believes she's the chosen person after we see the cut wife scene last week and then tonight we hear her blow up. Like, it's hard for me to think that I'm actually supposed to be this... I think in her bones she must know. Oh, I think I think she knows. I think it's just difficult to hear. It's, yes, mm-hmm. having people rub that in your face probably doesn't feel difficult too to accept. Right, mm-hmm. which is why, because of that reason, like we were just talking about, I love the dress scene. I think it was really cute. Uh, she got to have fun. Did she really have time for that? Probably not. She's a busy woman. But <laughs> uh, I was I was glad, and I I like to see them bond. I don't think we've seen that many Victor Vanessa solo scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and he has nobody else he can take. So it was like going shopping with his sister. Well, he was so awkward. Take Lily. What would he take her in? She has no dresses. (laughs) (laughs) What is the dynamic now between Victor and John Clare with the whole Lily thing? Because we've got Lavinia, who's, you know, had the scene with, uh, with John Clare with Caliban today. What is the dynamic between them, and who is Victor preparing Lily for? Him or John Clare? Himself. Not John Clare. But calling her his cousin outright in public Second now. Second cousin. Yeah. Not weird? Well, is this, this could be an ignorant question, but at this time, not legitimate to be with your cousins? Your second cousins? I don't... I feel like second cousins were almost slightly acceptable. More acceptable than, like, Angelique. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So... I think you could get away with it. Right. I don't think he's saying this is my sister. No, no, for sure. But 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 just a relative idea in the big city, maybe in a rural area or with poorer people. But he's, you know, a, a doctor. It's like. I, I, I guess in my opinion, I just don't. I feel like it's there's a reason he's saying second cousin. It's to prepare oh. us that it could be fine. Um, maybe. But <laughs> I do think he is preparing her for him. That being said, like he gets pride of calling her Lily Frankenstein. You sense that. Um, I don't think he's doing it outright. I think it's just his his actions are kind of getting away with him. I don't think because he hasn't told he hasn't told Caliban no this this woman is not for you. He still supports that meeting or the possibility but he hasn't shut him out completely he is impl- he is making a very strategic play for her and that he seems to tell her what she wants to hear he is buying her these beautiful things he's trying to create a woman um but i i 
I don't think he is claimed her for himself, I guess. Uh, thank you, everyone who's following us on YouTube and watching right now. Join in on the chat. Uh, Yumi Musaka says, in one version of Frankenstein, he was engaged to his cousin. Hmm. So we're just trying to be honest to the story, maybe. So that might be just following canon. Which is which is fine. But I'm also interested in why, even yeah. in the canon. You know, what's the, what's the reason behind that? So very clearly right now, from Caliban's perspective, Frankenstein is currently working with Lily to make her an appropriate to society woman for Caliban. Caliban right now is not second-guessing the motives. He is not on the same page we are. We are obviously privy to more information than he is. It's very clear that Victor has fallen in love with Lily. I think we can all agree with that. What Victor decides to do at this point is unclear because he has he has said it's your cousin. He has also introduced Caliban and introduced Caliban as her ex. So it's not like he said, this is a friend of yours. He was... Uh, not honest, but honest to Caliban's situation about to Lily. Like, he made up the story Caliban wanted. And remember, when he cut her hair, she asked him, do I need to be in love with him? Should I be in love with him? Whatever she said, was I in love with him? And he was, and Victor was kind of like, that's for you to decide. He didn't say no. He didn't Mm -hmm. say stay away from that guy. I forbid it or whatever. He left it open. My disgusting problem is now, I really like Victor and Lily together. And I'm just going to say that. So, unfortunately, I have, my back is against a wall at this point where I think that that is wrong. And I, I think that to, for him to do that to Caliban is an issue. But I like their chemistry. And I love the corset scene. And it's creepy and the grossest kind of love. But I loved creepy. it. Well, then we've got something for you. And that's Lavinia. And that's the out for John Clare. That's totally. the out for yes. Caliban. Right. And that moment, have you guys been watching Daredevil on Netflix? Because she's like Daredevil. She can hear things that like, are magnified and feel things. And she can see more than any person who can see can see. Um, and I'm loving her character. And what's crazy about her character and her character relative to John Clare is Caliban, John Clare, has struggled so much with appearance the whole time, been ashamed of everything, been literally in the shadows behind the stage, mm-hmm. literally in the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, and I don't think we're there yet, but now I think he's gaining confidence very slowly. And he's going to do it and fall in love with somebody who not only doesn't care what he looks like, but can't even see him. It's ironic. Right. And exactly the word ironic. The whole point is that Victor didn't have to make somebody for him. Mm-hmm. Ironically, he could have just fallen in love with somebody himself. I think that's how it usually goes, though. And it's even more ironic that Caliban, the undead, unhuman, created whatever, is the one who can feel and fall. And Victor can't fall because Victor is hopeless for whatever reason you want to say. And he had to make the the undead, unhuman for himself. That's Mm -hmm. irony number two in that one. And it's, you know, embarrassing for Victor that he can't do it for himself. And Caliban, who's not even supposed to be here... Is you know it's naturally coming for him. <laughs> See, and, and I'm going to say though, I'm going to throw in there that yes, I understand the irony of all of it. I guess I just am already off the back such a fan of Lavinia that I think she's too good for Caliban. Wow. Yeah. Are you talking about it. the Caliban that murdered Protheus, or are you talking about oh, the Caliban that we are seeing current day? Or I'm do you think they're the same about Caliban? The Caliban that murdered um, has been a murderer. I'm talking about the Caliban who has forced his maker to create someone. I'm talking about the Caliban who I find to be have anger management issues. <laughs> and yes, he is a wonderful poet. We also see him, he's not good at interaction. If you looked at his last crush, when she didn't kiss him, he like strangled her. Mm. Not a good, not a good day for him. Like, 
Uh, he was learning he, the ropes of social interaction. Social interaction that always leads to seems to lead to violence. He hasn't got the redeeming quality that he has has always been his like love of words. And to me, I already within the two scenes, three scenes we've had with her, really like Lavinia. She seems smart. She seems caring. She, you know, she hears everything. She has these abilities, how she reads people's faces. Um, her outlook on life is seems positive, and despite she seems to not have the best parents, they have seems to have evil motivations. Yeah, they go back and um, forth. <laughs> so I really like her, and I want her to be with someone absolutely fantastic. And to me, Caliban isn't that yet. That's she doesn't because of his past. That's actions. an interesting read, really, honestly, on Caliban on John Clare. If she doesn't even like wax figures screaming, then probably Caliban isn't the person for her. I I understand what you're saying based on the way you see Caliban. I happen to think that Caliban was a newborn baby when we met him. And the first thing that he w- happened when he was in this earth is that he was left alone. And he was not being taught well. And he did some really bad things. Now I think he's growing up. And we can hold him more responsible for his actions. And I think he is changing. And I do think he has the capability of being a really good guy. And I think Lavinia could help him be that guy. And I want to see that for Caliban. And I think we also have to think about what we're setting up, and I want to hit this before we move to our last topic because we're kind of running out of time, is uh, the Putneys. We saw that scene, with the very quick scene with the mm-hmm. Putneys tonight about the freak show, sticking them downstairs in the dungeon or whatever. And so we get an inclination of what is going to happen to Caliban. That face is going to make mm-hmm. our fortune kind of stuff. And it's not good. And I knew we kind of thought it wasn't going to be good for a while. But now we're starting to see it. And... Caliban is fast becoming for some of us, not all of us, I think your read is really unique, but Caliban's fast becoming for some of us kind of a sympathetic guy, Mm -hmm. we like him more, this love thing, whatever, Mm -hmm. and now he's going to get taken advantage of. Yeah, he's going to be screwed over in an exploitation of the horror of just the world that's going on in London, that all the horror scenes, and then also using Caliban as the face of all that horror and sticking them in the cell and driving the audience to... Literally darkness. We don't know, though. Does Lavinia know that? We don't know that much about her. Maybe she knows exactly what's about to happen to Caliban. Maybe that's why when she goes to feel his face and she can feel his scars or whatnot, she knows exactly where he's going. And maybe her parents are just as prepared to use her as well, because they mentioned putting multiple people in the cellars, and was that just wax figures or not? Maybe they're including their own daughter. Would she know? Because she's blind. She wouldn't be able to see it anyways. Hmm. She would be in darkness, though. I still like the Putneys. I don't know why. I know you do. It's kind of weird. It's almost as weird as me liking Victor and Lily, so I can't really... I find they're very vague and intriguing, though, because they're very business-oriented right now. You can see they're building another entrance just so they can have more traffic for their business Mm -hmm. and, and then to drive their actual audience and people to a certain cell. So I think they're just, their motivations and methods are definitely unorthodox. Well, to say the least, mm-hmm. considering the business they're in, too. Yeah. Um, last subject we want to hit real quick before we do news and predictions and all that good stuff is Dorian and Angelique. Uh, okay, t- not Gossip or Tennis, it's Ping Pong. Let's let's call it what it is, right? <laughs> Roxy, the okay. whole time, just wanted to play. <laughs> I'm really good at Ping Pong. <laughs> 
Are you? Well, so is Angelique. Yeah. This was her paradise. How do you feel about the two of them making out in front of everybody at the ping pong thing? I loved it. I thought it was great. I think that's so Dorian's character. Yeah. He doesn't care what the world and society thinks of him. She kicked his butt. Tell her. What's, he did. What's the? Lo- I mean, we could just kind of predict this one. What's the long play with Angelique? Where does she, he, you know, fit in? Mm-hmm. I was taking forever. Although it was a beautiful, beautiful setting and shot and how they paint, I thought it looked great. Mm-hmm. But oh my gosh, she's got to die, right? So long. Is it, I, I don't think there can be a long. I don't know play. what her point is. Yeah, because <laughs> she's it's asking. A weird all, story. She's asking all the same questions that the audience themselves are already asking. How old are you, Dorian? What's what's your motivation in life? And it's like I'm older than I look. Could she somehow be somebody that we're not aware of yet like in with the night crawlers or some night comers or something because otherwise she, maybe it's just motivation for Dorian to do something because he gets upset because she dies or I don't know right now I can't be fully invested in their relationship because I'm they're, it's so separate from everything. And on top of that sometimes I feel like she's just trying their scenes are like almost just trying to force feed me themes where it's like we aren't you know it's not what we are but who we like want to be or who we show ourselves and I'm like I'm like is that really your point? Cuz I think we staring. You're like I think we've gotten that <laughs> like I I understand we've been watching this show for a while now. Um but I agree it's it's stagnant it's, it's beautiful but it's not relevant. We have to give this show credit. They must be going somewhere with this. They've always been going somewhere with everything. So mm-hmm. I just don't, I clearly am unaware of what that mm-hmm. is. I would like to wait and see. Yeah. Interesting. Well, go ahead. You want to get to news and gossip, but I just really wanted to mention the investigation. Go for it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I- I just think uh, Rusk is up to no good. I don't think he's a good guy. Really? Yeah, I think he's trying to get down to the bottom of something, but the way that he's talking to Roper, Roper. I I think he's a bad dude. My thing is, if Rusk does figure out everything that's going down, what is he going to do about it? Is his character strong enough to actually follow the actions? Like, I'm going to take so-and-so down. I'm going to take Ethan down. Is he strong and intimidating enough to do anything about it? Nope. you're exactly. So that's why I don't like Rusk. It's like, okay, we get it. You're the human being trying to figure out what the audience already knows. But why are you still here? Mm. I don't know. Because you're not going to be successful in the end anyways. Yeah. Well, I guess you don't give him a little credit. <laughs> At least he understands there's Humans. something superhuman going on, right? That was another part mm-hmm. of the scene we today. Get it, but Magic. like, what is his character's end, end to? It's like, he's not going to do anything about it. Or we need we need him. I made this point earlier about the about having human stories. We need somebody like him to tie it to the human things because the city of London thinks these murders are all human murders, right? It's a Jack the Ripper type thing and, and mm-hmm. that I think is a fun I mean fun, an interesting story to bring along, even though we know that at least a lot some of these murders are but not. But also when he goes to the crime scene, he's t- he's talking about this is a different type of murder, it's more surgical, but we the audience know it was the witches that did all this. Yeah. And so Yes, he voices the questions of everyone. It's like, okay, there are two different killings going on right now. But when he figures it out, it is that the actual witches, the witches are strong enough to just off him. Again, what's his point? I guess we'll see. Or yeah. save it for predictions. I got a good one. I wrote um, one yeah. down. Good. Let's do news and gossip first, though. Marissa. After TV news. All right, so our very own Reeve Carney who plays Dorian Gray. Our did very own. Our very own, because this is our show, Penny <laughs> Dreadful. 
I like to consider it ours. Um, he did a Q&A panel on uh, Facebook this past week, and just a couple uh, good questions that, from the audience that I will read out to you that I think were very interesting. Um, who is your favorite character on the show besides your own? And he says, that's a hard choice. I really love them all for different reasons, but initially, after reading the script, I was drawn to the role of Dr. Victor Frankenstein. I, I had even asked my agent if I could read for Frankenstein, and actually, Harry Trotterway had originally read for Dorian. Hmm. So those two kind of... I'm very glad that they cast it the way they did. Yeah, yeah me too. I agree. Then another question, which supernatural character would you like to appear in the show in future seasons? He says, Jekyll and Hyde. I think that'd be cool. I said it the very first episode this season. I think so, too. Bring in Jekyll and Hyde. I think that was on my mind, too, which is why I Mm -hmm. called him Mr. Clyde. And we have Poole, and we know Poole is a character in Jekyll and Hyde. What is your favorite line from your character from the episodes that have been aired? And he says, I think the most telling line is, I'll never say no. That's the truth. That is true. And then one last question. What is it that you love and despise the most about Dorian's personality? He says, I love his desire to challenge convention and to expand people's consciousness on some level. The things I despise have yet to be revealed and are mainly contained in the portrait. Which we have yet to see. He says tonight, I'm older than I look. I'm older mm-hmm. than I look. Thanks to the portrait. We all know that. <laughs> yes. And then also iTunes shoutouts, of course. We got a couple good reviews. Kyle B two one one two gave us five stars, said great supplement to the show. For me, this podcast is mandatory listening as they constantly bring up things I missed in the show. I doubt I would have kept watching without it. The hosts do their homework and provide thoughtful insights. Go, Kyle. Get it, Kyle. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Do we have any other names we can chant real quick? (laughs) She'll do the go, Kyle, to the next person. (laughs) All right. And then Gravitation24 says five stars. Baddest chicks on iTunes, because last week we did an all-chicks panel. Excuse me. And Boom! Gravitation. Great recaps. Gravitation. Great recaps. Shout out to the Jesse Span on Local Lake. <laughs> Which is, as you know, Saved by the Bell, played mm-hmm. by Elizabeth Berkeley. Oh, that's why that came up earlier. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh. Hmm. Predictions? Predictions. We, go. we got some good ones. Now... You're after Buzz TV. How do you know? I have good ones. Let me rephrase. I've got some Okay, good why ones. don't you start us off then? Okay, right, let's talk about Detective Rusk. What? How did we meet Madame Kali, you guys? In a sale. That's exactly right. Detective <laughs> Rusk is looking at magic and supernatural stuff to solve his murders. He is going to go to her. He is going to look for psychic help or whatever, a seance to bring forward the killer, and he is going to get weaved into this story in that way. He's going to get offed. He, he might, but he's going to Kali for help. Mm. And he's going to join the that. devil. I'm telling you, he's not good. I can see <laughs> that. I can see that. Is that your only prediction? Um, the other one I'll say, and this is more of just a trait than a prediction, and we kind of talked about it. I think Ferdinand is too pure to stick with Madame Kali. He almost got killed. Roxy, I think you said it tonight anyways. Mm-hmm. And he'll learn. But he is too pure. And Madame Kelly's people don't appreciate him and are kind of outwardly disrespectful or dismissive to him, while certainly behind his back being disrespectful. And I think he feels like he's part of the team over at Sir Malcolm's house. 
And I don't know if he'll eventually come clean with the Madame Cully thing with them or if he'll just try to help them and hurt Cully. But I think Ferdinand is less of a double agent than we thought maybe a couple episodes ago. His risk of coming clean still remains the fact that they had these pictures, correct? Yes. So that has not changed. Uh, Not as far as I know, but maybe those pictures don't matter to him as much as he thought they did. Absolutely. I agree. All right. Go ahead. I have a few. Yeah. Okay. I think the the whole story, we see them reading the biographies from the objects. I think they were written by someone else, not the devil himself, but the, I think the witches might have been the people who, because we don't know how old these witches are. You think these sisters fell with him? Yes. I think these sisters are also fallen angels Mm -hmm. who, they became witches, but they still work with the devil. Well, the, the writing was us, right? They kept saying us. Us. Yeah. us. So I think these witches might be the people who wrote the stories on these objects hmm. and related to the devil in that way. Uh, to piggyback on that, is it possible that Madame Kali is actually the sister of Lucifer and she fell with him and that's Ooh. why she's not romantically jealous or envious and is willing to do all this? Maybe. Possible. Um, I'll throw some out there. My first one is that I think we are finally going to see them start protecting themselves. I think that Mr. Lyle could help with that in discovering actual ways of whether it's talismans or whatnot. Now we're going to see this whole, I think, voodoo doll come more into play. Um, Also, in the future, I think that Hecate now knows that Ethan's father is looking for him. And that could always be another strategy for him to get for them to get him out of the way. That scene must she just must have been like, huh? I'm not your father. What? <laughs> That's what I did. That's exactly how I did it. And I was like, oh, now okay, I'm yeah. he's cold, bro. <laughs> yeah. So I think that could come in. Um, also, wanted to throw out there that just to point out that Caliban said his eyes were not beautiful to um, Lavinia, which is. The exact compliment he got from Vanessa, that he did have beautiful eyes. Right. They're yellow. So we're going to see all these merge again. And Roxy, on to you. Um, I think that the tonight we saw Ethan almost go into the Wax Museum. And I think that it's going to be a really big part of the show. I think we're going to find out about a lot of Ethan's crimes via the Wax Museum and seeing different things and maybe even like the train situation. Ethan walking in, he has these blackouts, he sees these different crimes, he wonders which he's done and which he hasn't participated in. So I think that will be a a nice device of showing us what's going on around the city. Do you think that's how Russ will also find out? Yeah, I think Russ will find out a lot of things through the Wax Museum. I wonder how they, how the Putneys get their information so quickly because it seemed like Ethan tore apart that beer hall or wherever he was and they knew the next freaking day. Yeah. It's not the papers. Mm-hmm. Well, we did see Mr. Putney. He was like, I only got this out of the paper when he was building the massacre. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. can't, it can't be the papers. It's not the papers. He's not getting the information that quick and making these wax figures. He knows more. He actually goes to the scenes. Hmm. 
Interesting. I like it. Yeah. All right. That's it for us this week. Guys, if you uh, remember, if you haven't already hit subscribe on iTunes and or YouTube, if you're watching, we appreciate all the comments in the live stream. You can comment all week. We check those all the time. Uh, and you can also tweet us if you have anything to say about Penny Dreadful. So, Roxy, let's start with you. Where can they find you? Twitter, Instagram, whatever. You can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. You can also find Sarah Stratton at Roxy Stryer. <laughs> uh, I don't even need to say that anymore. You guys do it anyway, which is great. I try to send her screenshots. She does. She sends me screenshots. She gets your eyes. <laughs> It's fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. 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 To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.